I'm getting to the point now when I get to church. I want to ask somebody, did you mess up for you got saved? So they can say yes. I say, you're the one I want to sit with. Because I know you're going to praise the Lord. I don't want to sit with no dude with a shoesy. Who feels like I don't need to lift him up tonight. Well, why you sitting there like you're dead or something? You got your brains on tilt. You ought to be jumping, jumping, shouting and running on your feet for the second come in. Miss me with that attitude sweet. You want me to be cool, but I ain't because I can't. Because it's the only way what he's done for me. The things I used to be, how I used to be. I can't lie. I got to testify. I was blind. He opened up my eyes. I know you think I'm fine now, but there was a time. If it hadn't been for God, you'd have lost your mind. Get with this. I don't miss or resist. Lamont, I sure am. I'm so happy to be here. 
And I am so happy to hear you, boy, because I was reading your stuff, and I said, this is going to be a great show because she got some fantastic <laughs> questions, some fantastic fantastic points and stuff, and I already felt your personality without even having to talk to you, so that's beautiful. Oh, and I feel your uh, personality through that opening music. I was bopping to that. That is some good stuff. So I think between your music and and my thoughts and our vibes, we're going to be great, Lamont. Oh, fantastic. You know, uh, I learned many, many years ago, you know, we got this with children, as you know, the the story of Pied Piper. And um, (laughs) and, and, in my music, I'm like, you know what, if you want to reach the millennials or the young adults, you know, you really can't come at them like the traditional things that I grew up with, with like the tambourine in the church. You know, and and I found and I found out, you know, if if you could get their heads bobbing a little bit, they'll receive the message. You know what I mean? I and that's what you so and that's what you want. That's what you want at the end of the day. You want them to hear what you're saying, but if if they're not paying attention and if they're not receiving what you're talking about, it don't matter. Man, I love that. I have a good friend who teaches inner city kids. Uh, she's actually K through five principal. And she said, you know, if I throw down some math, like two plus two equals four, they don't really care. But if I, if I say, how many Nikes do you have? How many juice boxes do you have? How many, you know, whatever it is they're interested in, puppies do you have? You got to meet people where they live. Absolutely. Absolutely. You definitely have to speak to them in the language that they're accustomed to be spoken to in. And you know what? If you do that, Lamont, you end end up learning an awful lot yourself. So everybody wins. I agree. I agree because I learn something every day. Well, I do too. And, you know, as I go through with this book, you know, they – the people I've already met have enriched my life and, you know, added to the message. So it's all good, and I'm just so excited to be here with you. And I'm excited again to have you, boy, because we got some great stuff, great questions <laughs> for you, uh, Deidre. And we're going to jump right into it. And also, I want to encourage my listeners, if you want to join the conversation at any time, uh, the call-in number is 646-929-2870. Uh, I see the switchboards lit up, so I, I know you guys want to chime in and get some of this for a great one. So um, with that, Deidre, tell us what Christians can do to turn people off when it comes to faith. Oh, man, where do you want me to start? How long is the show? Look, it could be long as you want. We might have to have a part two, a part three, a part four, an appendix, a forward. It, you know, Christians, Christians are great people. I count myself among them. But one thing we tend to do, and we have to guard against it, is we get too insulated. You know, we get too used to hanging out with each other. And when somebody comes, and usually it's somebody in need, You know, that wall that we can't see is sometimes there. So we've got to remember our mission here is really to spread the gospel. So we're not supposed to preach to the choir. 
we are supposed to reach an, a handout, and we forget how to do it, and we forget to do it at all. But one thing we we can do is, you know, really pray for one another. And we don't always have to say we're doing it. A lot of people love to say, oh, I'm praying for you. I'm going to pray for you. Look on Facebook or Twitter. You know, people are sending up prayers. Really do it. Really stop. When you say, I'm going to pray for you, brother, stop and do it. And that's the first thing we can do is take it to the Lord. And another thing we can do is stop being phony. We've all got problems. We don't know more than non-Christians in a lot of areas of life. We are not immune to the troubles in life. And we don't know it all. Our our stance should be let's stay open, let's stay positive, and let's remember God is in charge of everything, not us. So, you know, sometimes Christians can come off as kind of sanctimonious. And the worst type of Christians, I think, are those who are in a national spotlight and who fall really hard. And we all know those stories. Uh, but, you know, every time one of these big Christians on a national stage falls, other people say, well, there you go. That's why I wouldn't be a Christian. He said one thing and did another. So in our own lives, if we can stay true to Jesus and stay humble and act humble, we are going to, we're going to do so much in the world, Lamont. I believe it. Do you think that sometimes because people forget that people are people first and and God really didn't make any perfect people, and so that's why they, these people in these churches that you just mentioned, you know, when, when they fall and people say, well, there you go again, well, I mean, is that really, really surprising? You know, I, it really isn't, and we are all people. And, you know, we are all, we are all open to bad forces and to, you know, sin and to behaviors that aren't that, you know, aren't that can you see preaching to you. And every church is man-made and men are going to, men and women, of course, I mean by that, they're going to let you down. You know, they are sometimes going to break your faith. And I'm not saying that in a pessimistic way. I'm saying because they are human, direct your attention and your prayers and your wallet (laughs) to the Lord. I mean, a lot of these pastors have made themselves incredibly rich off of God's word. And uh, I don't don't know how you feel about that, Lamont, but that hurts me. No, I'm just laughing because my mind, as a businessman, too, and and you know <laughs> coming up in a church and having to be exposed to you know different faiths and then looking at some of these televangelists and thinking about yeah. the business end of it so i'm like are these are these guys really into it because they're they're into the word or is it really a job undercover for them well that's right and you know I sometimes would rather worship in a grass hut than in a grand cathedral because, you know, it's kind of our job to stay real. And I think when a pastor, a televangelist has a 10-car garage, something's wrong. Something doesn't smell right. 
So, you know, I don't want to judge them. They're on their own walk. But I think we should be appropriately wary of anybody asking for money. I just do. There's a way to tithe. There's a way to give money to good projects that God has sanctified. But, you know, let's just all be smart because it can turn into a business. And they also prey on the weak and the vulnerable. And that's what really gets me. You know, the hurting among us or people who are very limited budget, they don't have that $20 to send to the pastor. And that is so, so, so true. So true. So let me go on to the to the next one because I know I can stay on this one for a few more minutes, boy, because <laughs> pastors usually have passed the basket first. As soon as you walk into church and before they do anything, they pass in the basket. Man, and <laughs> that, those baskets, they must spend a lot in baskets because they get touched so much. They must have to replace them a lot. So, yeah, it's it's something that we should just all be aware of. There's a way to give, and God wants us to give, but let's give appropriately. Definitely, definitely. Well, were you in a relationship with God when you were a pretend Christian? Because I noticed you mentioned that you had to be in order to be at some point. I know it. Well, you know, I say pretend Christian because, I did all the right things. I made all the right moves for a very long time. I went to church, you know, a couple times a week. I was baptized as an adult. Uh, You know, I didn't go to church growing up, but I had faithful grandparents. You know, a lot of times it's the grandma or grandpa who uh, really plants those seeds of faith. And so... As an adult, I was raising my kids. I was teaching them Bible class. But deep inside, I hadn't made that critical connection to Jesus. I mean, I thought he was important, but I didn't understand that he was critical to salvation. And that might sound so dumb, but I hadn't had the light bulb moment. I was in relationship even when I didn't know Jesus because I was a seeker. And I believe God honors our searching, and he sees it. He sees everything. So I believe I was in relationship, but it wasn't a fulfilled relationship. And, uh, you know, after I after I had my light bulb, you know, moment and became a Christian, I didn't become any better, but I became a person who wanted to be better. And that was the difference. Uh, Deidre, I mean, I hear a lot of people, and as a matter of fact, I've done a couple of shows on this line where um, people find religion after there is some type of uh, trauma. Right. Well, it's so true. And, you know, when the rubber meets the road, and we do have a trauma. I believe God uses that. That's some people's path. They're going to have a traumatic event, and that's they're going to see God. Or, you know, you hear about these near-death experiences, and a lot of people stay convicted Christians for the rest of their lives. And it doesn't mean that experience was phony, you know. And, you know, as they say, there are no atheists in foxholes, right? I mean, I think sometimes God uses these, you know, moments of crisis to reveal us to ourselves. We're weak, we're alone, 
and we actually don't have that much power. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not everyone's path. God used crisis for important his important work. You know, and that did you just hit me on the head with this one because I was going to save this one till later on. But since you kind of like opened the door for it, do you kind of feel like that's what God is doing now uh, with this pandemic? You know, I really do, Lamont. And I mean, I've had my moments. I'm, you know, I'm somebody who prays multiple times a day. And a lot of my prayers, I believe in really open, you know, organic prayer. And a lot of my prayer has been, why, God? I mean, you open up your social media feed and you read about a mother and a daughter and a grandma who all died within, you know, a day of each other. And we look and we just say, why, God? But underneath the layer of of tragedy and hurt, I mean, none of us is going to live that long. Um, I think we see ourselves growing closer to our families, looking more at our faith in maybe a very real way. If you think you might catch COVID-19, I believe if you're a seeker of any kind, you are going to spend some time in the Bible, or at least thinking about what does my life mean? Why why am I here? So I believe some great things. Look at the nurses and the doctors. We have we have seen real earth angels in this pandemic. We have seen volunteers. I can't believe the goodness I've seen. Similar to after nine eleven. That's given me hope and sustained me and, and made me be so awestruck. You know, at at people's goodness. So even though we're facing, you know, COVID, hopefully we're pulling out of it. We're pulling out of our tailspin. I I see great humanity and great. I see God. Well, we definitely see God, but it's also God is also showing us the craziness that's going on too. You know how. Oh man, uh, for sure. This is this pandemic is uh pushing all the <laughs> crooked politicians to the service you know, <laughs> to the surface well god god uses his time and that time may be crisis to be very revealing to really reveal men's hearts and you know that's for our good that's for our good so you're right yeah definitely definitely i'd, I'd want to see in the dark i don't want to go in there blind and He's showing us. He's showing us who everybody is. He's just showing us. Just open your eyes, people. Just look around. Just look around and use the sense God gave you. And you know we're really (laughs) big now with false idols. You know, people idolize. You're making me laugh, laugh, (laughs) Peter, because now you're telling me uh, people sometimes don't really understand. Common sense isn't common. If you got common sense, you're going to see it. You're going to pay attention. But common sense just isn't common for some reason. Maybe we should start calling it rare sense because, honestly, maybe we could get that trend going because I actually relax when I talk to somebody with common sense. It feels so good. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. (laughs) Somebody who makes sense. How nice. (laughs) And most of us, you know, we we live in a world of extremes now, extreme politics, polarized politics, polarized people. And, you know, in, in truth, they're getting all the airtime. Most of us, you know, probably live somewhere in the middle, and we've got a lot more on our plates 
than, you know, politicians. We've got real life on our plates. So I try to remember that, too. Yes, well, it's just a difficult, difficult time for sure. Well, uh, for you sure. Explain to us what a priest said to you while you were in a crisis in college. I can't believe you with your personality <laughs> had a crisis, but tell us about that. Oh, I, I for sure. I, I, I think I have a crisis every day some months. I don't know. I mean, we we live fluid lives, right, Lamont? We're up and we're down, and that's okay. That's all right. But Deidre, when I stop it, college, stop it, Deidre, stop it, Deidre, because I quit every day. <laughs> that's right. I quit, it, that's, I quit that's, every day and start up the next morning. <laughs> well, that's all right. That's okay. And, you know, one good thing about an emphasis, I think, on mental health, and this does tie into my story, is I think we're starting to get really real and not be being afraid of the dark, as you put it. You know, we have bad days. We have bad months, and that's okay. And there is help help for you, and you're not a freak if you're feeling bad. You know, it's important to reach out and and get help, but this kind of ties into my story. When I was in college, I really went through a time of crisis, and I was not a believer. And when you're not a believer, and this is important for Christians to remember It can feel awful to believe you are in charge of your own fate and only you can pull yourself up. And I was in a depression. I was I was having some problems with school and I had just ended a love relationship. And I believe I was in a classic depression. And I was watching other students kind of walk by me, if you can picture, you know, a person standing in the middle of a campus in their sweatshirt and their, you know, jeans, kind of hair not washed, and everybody streaming by them looks so put together. You know, they've got their books and they've got their classes and they've got this. I was skipping class. I I was really hitting bottom. I didn't want to answer the phone. And so what I decided to do, I said, well, I know they're about, I went to school in a small town in New Mexico, and I think there were more churches than there were, you know, gas stations. There was a church on every corner. And I said, well, there's a Catholic church. I can walk to it. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to see, you know, I'm just going to try to say a prayer and see if I can talk to someone. So I went into the church, and I said a little prayer. Now, I was not a praying person, so I just said, God, you know, you know me. Here I am. I'm a mess. And a a priest, you know, came by the altar and bowed at the altar. And I'm a Catholic now, so I really appreciate, you know, I appreciate the Catholic faith. But he bowed at the uh, altar in, in, you know, reverence and then came and sat down by me. And he said, well, how are you? I said, well, I'm not that good, actually. I, I just feel like I'm lost, and I I need some help. And he turned to me, and he kind of squinted and frowned. And he said, well, don't tell me you're pregnant. We are seeing so many young people just really be sexually immoral. And, uh, you know, you always could go to health services. And I was so embarrassed and taken aback. 
And that wasn't my issue. My issue was probably clinical depression. But I just stood up and apologized and I took off. And the point I make in the book is there is a religious person who bowed bowed at an altar, which is a representation of, you know, glory and and holiness. And yet a real human being was right in front of him in need. And he kind of blew me off. So for Christians, remember that people are more important than symbols. And you may say something or do something that either blesses someone or really terrifies someone and really sinks them lower. So that's kind of the message, Lamont, in that little story. Yes, I got it. And I hope our listeners got it. And that makes perfect and perfect sense. You also have another question, um, what the Baptist minister said to his flock that showed great self-awareness and humility. Yeah, that was interesting. And the subtitle of the book is uh, actually Traveling Beyond Denomination to the True Jesus. And the reason for that subtitle is I have been so profoundly influenced by many churches, including Batherin and Congregational and Catholic and even the Church of England. And so I believe it's not in our denomination and the the strict rules of our denomination where we find Jesus. We find Jesus in the personal. We find Jesus in the one-on-one. And that's what will see us through life. If all the church is closed, what are we going to do? We have to have a relationship. But I was a guest in a Baptist church. I was a Catholic, but I decided to go Baptist for a minute. And so my, I went my experience to. Was, <laughs> I, my experience, Deidre, was just the opposite. I came from a Baptist okay. in, in Texas and moved to California and was in a Catholic school. So. Okay, gotcha. Well, there are a lot of us that are uh, a hodgepodge of different Christian influences. And I think all the infighting and, and, uh, you know, scriptural squabbles don't really serve anybody, you know. I think we're in the life raft now. (laughs) I was going to ask you, do you feel like that's that's a a helpful thing or a hindrance thing, uh, being exposed to, you know, different, different thoughts and different denominations and different beliefs. Do you think it helped people like us or or it harms us? Well, I think it can go either way, Lamont, and that's such a great question. I mean, I think it can help us to stay open. You know, my parents lived in, they're Christian, they lived in Geneva, Switzerland, but they ended up traveling all over the world, and they worshipped in Africa, they worshipped in Europe, they worshipped in the U.S., and it's made them very open to different representations of Christianity. And I love that a belief is, I I suggest looking for a Bible-based church. And we are, we are all different for a reason. We've all had different paths. And a lot of people, you might have noticed, try to solve these uh, doctrinal squabbles on Facebook. I just said to somebody on Facebook, you're never going to solve this on Facebook. Pray for each other. You know, hold each other up. Don't tear each other down. We are going to be different. 
So I think we respect other people's journey. We stay Bible-based. We stay Scripture-based. And if you don't like another guy's church, you don't have to point that out all the time. You don't have to point out what they're doing wrong. Love them. Love them. You know, they don't, they're not going to change you if they have a different viewpoint. So Christians, I think, need to get a little bit more relaxed and just say, I know what I know. And I, we probably have a lot of things we agree on. And let's focus on that. Very well put. Very well put. And definitely we're going to certainly pray that people learn how to get out of their own way because a lot of people don't even know how to do that either, and that would help them tremendously. Oh, they don't. And you know what it ends up, Lamont, just making you sad. You know, we we so much emotional energy when we're trying to change people and preach to people. You know, if we would, like you say, get out of the way. Let God, you know, a big thing Christians could do to help one another and help this planet is listen. You know, listen to someone else's pain without judgment, without thinking about what you're going to say next to help. Just listening. I I think when somebody is really listening, it's the most comforting feeling, you know, and and that's what Christians could do a lot more of. Even if what you're hearing doesn't sit well with you or is shocking, just take a pause and listen to that person's experience. And that way you might not feel, find out that it's not as bad as you think or you experience something similar somewhere in your life yourself. Amen. Maybe if you let somebody finish their story, You'll actually find out the ending (laughs) instead of, you know, we want to help sometimes so badly that we interject before we should. And I'll tell you what happened in this little Baptist church. It was so cute. And this has to do with listening. But this is a positive story in my book about uh, Christians who are open to change. And I happen to be a guest in this and I was ready and open to listen to God's word and you know the choir sang and the people you know settled in for the message and the pastor came up and he looked troubled and he said to his flock you know I was on a long flight from Boston to California and on that flight I realized we are not measuring up we are pitiful I am pitiful We have become so clannish that we have forgotten Jesus Christ. And I just looked around, and the first thing I said was, well, I don't go here, so he's not talking to me. I have immunity. Good for me. (laughs) Of course I didn't, but that was the first thing I thought. And I looked around, and some people, you could see them stiffen. You know, they didn't want to hear this. They didn't want to. They didn't want to hear about them being clannish, and other people were nodding and in agreement. And he went on to say, "You know, I have friends who aren't believers at all, who are mowing people's lawns, who are delivering meals to seniors, who are at a sick person's bedside because it's the right thing to do, and they don't have Jesus Christ in their life." 
and I see us and we proclaim to believe, we're not doing any of that unless it's to another Baptist. I believe I have failed you. And I was so taken. But the cute end to that story, Lamont, was he had asked them to reach out to strangers, and I happened to be the stranger. And so I had a line of about 20 people (laughs) after the service wanting to meet me. And I said, oh, this is a lot. This is a lot more than I bargained for. But a, a, a scripturally aware and mentally and spiritually open pastor can be one of the best things to ever happen to a believer. wonderful and that sounds about right for for definitely to get you back in alignment yes and i love that word lamont alignment and you know i need daily alignment that's just me you know i do i need to reset every day but i love that alignment that's right yeah and and most people like i said they once they realize it you know, you have to make a conscious effort. At least I know I, I do, because with society the way it is now, and so many different things going on, it is really easy to be judgmental or opinionated. So you definitely have to take that extra pause to think about it. You know, absolutely, and it's become and, our default. You know, our yeah. default position is judgment now. Yes, it's absolutely right about that one. You also uh, mentioned, Deidre, that you had a friend uh, whose faith kind of got deeper uh, and the more tragedy she's endured. And what did you learn from her? Yeah, Lamont, that was crazy because it was so counterintuitive, you know. And, and maybe some of us who've been lucky in life, I mean, I still have my parents. I haven't. You know, I've had some sadness, but I haven't encountered those life-changing things. You know, we might feel like, gosh, you know, when that, when X, Y, or Z happens, that's when I may lose my faith. And, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. You know, to be honest, do I worry about that? Sure, I'm human. But I pray and try to get over that. But I had a friend, and she was older than me. Uh, she She's in the book. Her name was Louise. She's now out in California, but she was in her 70s. And she was taking care of her mother who had uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. And the way it expressed itself is she would often be angry with Louise. And that was hard for me to watch as her neighbor and her friend. But Louise remained cheerful and constant and took good care of her mother And one day her brother came over to climb a ladder and cut some branches, some lower branches, away from Louise's house. She had some pine trees next to her home. So Louise didn't want him to do this, but he said, yes, I'm going to get this done for you. Her brother had just retired and was looking forward to a life with grandkids and travel. So Louise was worried, and she went out to hold the ladder for her brother while he was using an electric saw to saw away these branches. And she was down at the foot of the ladder praying to God, God, please keep my brother safe while he does this. She was a very faithful person. And as she was praying, the the ladder tipped away from the tree. And it swung in the air and then flew backwards 
and threw her brother into the road in front of her. So she had a case where she was actively praying to the God she was faithful to for her brother's safety, and the opposite happened. And this really set me back in my faith journey. And Louise, somehow her faith grew through this tragedy. And I would ask her, you know, I felt like a baby chick, you know, asking his mother over and over again, why? How is your faith growing? I really wanted to know. She said, I just have a certainty. I know where he is. I know where he is. And I feel Jesus so close in a way I never have that I can't doubt this. I can't doubt that my brother is okay. I will be too. It defies rational explanation. And I watched this play out in her life. I watched her better able to care for her mother. I watched her then care for another sick relative. And somebody who had tragedy heaped on them, it was like they were being refined by fire. The more fire came in Louise's life, beautiful she became. So I still ponder the lessons of Louise, and I still pray that God will use them in my life and in hers. Hey, Lamont, did I lose you? Hi, did I lose no, you? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was saying, I don't know, it was a technical thing there. No, I was saying, it, okay. you know, it, it, it sometimes it goes the opposite way because uh, I've noticed, too, that a lot of times when there's a, a tragedy in somebody's family, they tend to question uh, their faith. You know, why did God allow this to happen? You know, why me? What, what, what did I do or, or what what happened, you know? Absolutely, of, uh, and that's normal. That that is. I think it's normal to question, and I think what some sometimes believers don't understand, and non-believers maybe don't don't get is, you know, if you come to God with an organic prayer, I don't understand. I'm upset. You can you're allowed to say, Lord, I'm angry. You know, I don't understand this. That's okay. And many things will be a mystery on this side of heaven. I mean, I've had three kids, and with my first kid, when I was in labor, the pain of labor, I could not understand the joy that was to follow. I could not understand from that immense pain. And why should I have understood? I'd never had a child before. But I sometimes, to comfort myself during hard times, you know, remember back to that. I did go through tremendous physical pain and a little bit of fear, like I hope the baby's okay, I hope the baby comes out all right. And then to have this joy, and in my faith, I believe we will have a dawning where every tear will be wiped away. And, you know, I bank on that, Lamont. And some days it's easy to believe that, and some days it's very hard. And that's where will comes in. We have will. We have willpower. 
and sometimes we just need to use it. That's a good point as well. Deidre, you have three dogs, one cat, and Gary and Snick <laughs> Gary and Snickers. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into that, are we? <laughs> No, I'm, su- I'm surprised. I look. I just, I just wanted the listeners to know about Snickers and Corey. I didn't want to leave them out and hope they listened to the show. <laughs> well, listen. I have a problem called pet adoption syndrome, and I can't walk, <laughs> I can't walk by a stray without, you know, giving him a home and. Uh, I tell my husband, he gets so frustrated. I said, but, you know, look, you're lucky they're not kids. I'd, I would have loved to adopt more kids. You know, we have, we had three sons who are now grown, and I always wanted to add to that. But, uh, yeah, I have a tortoise named Gary who is 20 years old, and uh, he, believe it or not, tortoises are very, um, they're emotional. <laughs> They show you how they feel. People don't believe it, but they do. Gary follows me all over the house, and uh, we have a good time. And then I did adopt. I call it COVID derangement, but during COVID, I adopted a little tiny mouse from Petco because this guy who (laughs) he owns snakes, and he was going to buy the mouse for snake food. So I somehow convinced all the Petco employees standing around that I had had my eye on him to adopt him. So I came in for dog food and left with the mouse. And what I didn't realize is the mouse is only two ninety nine, two dollars and ninety nine cents, but everything he needs is about eighty dollars. <laughs> I had to get him a house and food and a little wheel to run around on. So, yeah, that's one of my problems is I, you know, I'm trying to get better at this. I don't take in pets anymore. I already have enough. The inn is full. Well, I just wanted to bring that up a little bit, though, put a little humor in this for our <laughs> listeners, because it just it just further demonstrates that you just have a beautiful heart, beautiful spirit, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's, it's turned, <laughs> it's kind of turned ugly because, uh, once I adopt them, I commit to them. So I now have two senior dogs who, um, you know, they do do a lot of sleeping, but they're grumpy. You know, they're they're kind of arthritic. So my husband will look at me and just say, what in the world? Why? So uh, we're making our way through, though. Well, just don't teach them to vote. <laughs> well, Lamont, they'll vote my way. I'll I'll have them vote the right way. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah, oh, yo, you're gonna be super helpful. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll be very helpful. Deidre, you had uh, some great points. Uh, faith is fluid. I love that. Sometimes your pilot light goes out, and you need renewal. So, what do you do with that? That's right. I mean, it, we're not dial tones, you know, and we're not saints. We, uh, life is fluid. We have ups, we have downs. We get annoyed. Christians get annoyed. They get impatient. But what do we do? What do we do? Right now I'm writing an article about when we're in a faith rut. You know, what do we, what do we do? So I turn to the Bible. And the thing, if there are non-Christians 
listening. Back when I was a non-Christian, I really had a hard time with the Bible because so much of it is hard to understand. It's kind of like picking up Shakespeare and trying to read it. I mean, a lot of it, we might try to read it, but then we say, I'm not sure what, you know, this is saying. So what I've done is I'm taking some classes in uh, the, right now I'm taking a class in the Old Testament to help me understand. And I looked up this this problem. What does the Bible say when our pilot light goes out? When we don't feel faith, we say we believe, but we feel maybe a little spiritually depressed. And, you know, I came on Isaiah, who was a, a really a really amazing Old Testament prophet. And Isaiah really talked about the law and the gospel. And, of course, a prophet's words are good for that time and our time and into the future. Because a prophet is somebody that God, you know, God imbued his message to. said, uh, a bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. Well, that sounds pretty, and it sounds nice, but what is it? And doing some investigation, I came to understand it means, you know, God will love us and care for us, even if our faith weakens, and even if we don't have a lot of spiritual knowledge, which to me was so comforting. So if our pilot light goes out, we can turn to God's word, which is our authority. And if you can't understand it, there are about a million resources to help you understand each passage or reach out to me and I'll help you understand it. I'd be glad to if I can. And the other thing we can do is get real about it in our prayer life. Say, God, I'm on, my tank is on E. Could you fill it? Could you give me a metaphysical, spiritual experience? And oftentimes he will. And you can reach out to others and, and, Maybe do something for somebody else that gets your focus off your own deficit. You know, that's sometimes when I'm not feeling very spiritually motivated. I just say, I'm going to get out of this house and go over and check on my neighbor. And I really do that. Maybe I stay for 10 minutes. But I just my own focus myself. And those things have helped me. And if anybody ever needs help in that area, I... I will help you at any time. My door is always open through my website and, you know, come and lay it out and I'll help. I'm never too busy. Oh, that's great. And I think this is a perfect time, too, to say the call-in number, 646-929-2870. Just press number one on your phone and we'll be glad to let you join the conversation. If you have any questions for Deidre, I'm sure she'll be glad to help you with it or point you in the right direction. So happy. Uh, yes, yes. Deidre, um, um, your points, I love all your points. You you mentioned uh, sometimes faith leaders are the most in, in need of a renewal. Uh, for, for a lot of people out there, how could they tell one that does uh, opposed to one that don't? Oh, man, that's such a a great question, Lamont. And, you know, the way you're phrasing that, how can you tell? Well, 
if your faith leader is doing something that's obviously not cool, you know, my parents once belonged to a gospel church, and uh, this is something you might want to think about as you attend your church. Churches are super programmed now. Have you noticed that, Lamont? They've got programs for this and programs for that. They're doing skits. It's like a Broadway play. Sometimes, you know, you feel oh, good oh, and they when did, you're in they, there. They did. They did have a reality show. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, what was it? At least on the West Coast, they had a reality show for uh, preachers. Oh, that is funny. Well, yeah, I would love to check that out because, and I come from two. Uh, my grandfather and my uncle were were both uh, Baptist preachers. My grandfather once shared a revival tent with uh, Billy Graham, so. We're proud of him, and they had their problems. I knew them and loved them well, and they had their problems. But I I remember my parents went to this gospel church, and it, I will tell you, it was so heavily produced. And they really pulled on your heartstrings and your emotions. I would cry about three times during a service, and I had my hands up. I was I was there. And, you know, they ended up having a scandal. The preacher had a scandal of a sexual nature, and everybody was so let down. And my grandmother, at the time it was an older, you know, woman and a and a true Christian, she said, well, you know, let's pray for him, and we should have known. And I said, well, how would we have known? And she said, he started straying from the word, and he started throwing qualifiers into his message, and that was probably more about his life than anything the Bible ever had to say. So, it, you know, preachers are human beings, and they do need renewal. So tell your pastor he needs to go on a nice vacation if he sounds like he's <laughs> maybe getting away from Scripture, or if they get too political. You know, a lot of pastors getting political out there. And uh, in my in my view, time to worship. And to hear God's word and to get renewal for the week to come. And, you know, all these programs are great, but it really needs to be centered around the word. Yes, I totally, totally agree. You know, that's funny, too, because I had a friend uh, mention to me earlier today about uh, being judgmental in regards to <laughs> people's faith and relationships and uh, their relationship with God. So that's funny. It's, uh, I, and, right and you time. know, it, that's right. And, you know, we have to really watch being judgmental. If we, if we live lives that are evidence of the reality of Christ, that is going to be so much more impactful and that will spread God's love more than being judgmental, telling people how to worship. Uh, I really believe that. And we're in tough times now, Lamont. And I believe they're going to get worse in a lot of ways, you know. The culture seems to be kind of spiraling down a little bit. And yet we have creative people like yourself who are raising us up. And I believe they have important roles to play. Absolutely. Because uh, some people minister in the church, and I come on the show and do it. That's right, and you know what? It's a beautiful thing. Yes, I agree. I agree. 
So, oh, DJ, what? Well, I want to talk about your book, but I also want to ask you real quickly uh, about what did you learn about sharing your faith with kids? <laughs> kids are great. I never had so much fun as when I was uh, teaching kids, and you know, kids are so honest and so uh, just they say what they they mean, and if we can approach faith like a little kid like wide-eyed heart open you know i remember having a little student who's um he had a family member who had just become incarcerated and it was a family member he loved a lot and i said uh we were having a little activity i was his you know ccd teacher which is catholic school and I said, well, how's everyone feeling today? Is everyone feeling like Jesus is their friend? And he raised his hand. He said, nope, not at all. Not one bit. And so we talked privately, and I tried to be a good listener and let him explain why. He had just gone through this hard hard thing. And we had a prayer together that was pretty honest. God, we're upset. We're sad that this happened. So... You know, I think that is very important. And kids are funny, too. I had a kid one time, I said, well, tell me what Advent is. And one of the kids said, uh, well, it's like Tylenol, but, you you know, you use it for pain. I said, no, that would be Advil. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Good try, little Liam. said, so they'll make you laugh. They'll make you think, and and they believe. I just believe God taps them on the shoulder, and has a special love for children. Yes, I agree with that one also. Well, if someone, if you feel someone doesn't know the Bible, Deja, are they disqualified from faith? In your opinion? Absolutely not. God knows us right where we are. There are a lot of people who never learn to read and write who believe in God. And nothing disqualifies you. Nothing, not your past, not anything you've done, not secrets you're keeping. Nothing disqualifies you. If you're breathing, you can be the recipient of God's love. And that's a wonderful, beautiful thing. There's no... Nothing you can do that that Christ will turn you away if you are sincerely sorry. And that's a beautiful message. So I don't care if you can't read or write or if you dance down the Bible. Just, God, what you have. Kind of like, you remember the little drummer boy, Lamont? All he had was his drumming, and that's all he needed. So we may have one specific talent. Give it to God. Do it for God. And he will accept it gratefully. Right, right. Great point. Great point, Deidre. And and one of your other great points that uh, I definitely like, you mentioned uh, we focus um, so much on the rules of faith and, and forget about the joy, adventure, and laughter God approves of. And I know a lot of Christians out there listening to this, they, they forget about that part. Oh, man. They're they're very, you know, it goes along with the judgment, maybe, Lamont, but they're very rules-based. But, you know, this yes. happened, I was talking to one of my kids, and he loved to snowboard. 
and he was about 15 at the time, and he was really rejecting, you know, me being his teacher, which I don't blame him for, in CCD, and he was really kind of rejecting the idea of God. And, you know, I hammered him, well, it's the right thing to do, blah, blah, blah. And Lamont, all of a sudden I said to him, you know when you're snowboarding and you're going really fast and you're going faster than you ever would have thought, God loves that. God is right there with you. He is laughing with you and just enjoying that with you. When you're, you know, if if somebody's a scuba diver and in, and enjoying the bottom of the ocean, God is there. We forget that God is a God of adventure and joy and fun and laughter. When we are having good, honest laughter, I truly believe it is a thing from heaven because we're meant to laugh. And uh, we we can't forget about that part of God. True. Deidre, let me jump in here really quick because we're down to the last couple of minutes of the show. And I definitely want you to have the opportunity to tell everybody where they can go get your book. And I also want to invite you to come back because we have a whole lot more stuff to talk about. But tell everybody Lamont, where they you can go get promise. your book Yes, Promise to invite me back. I would oh, love to continue I'm this. I'm doing it right now because we got a lot, a lot of other stuff to talk about. And, you know, time flies, like I said, when you're having fun. I it know. always flies. And I enjoy I the conversation and, and I enjoy spreading the message. But tell everybody where you, they can go get your book and how they can get in touch with you. All right. Well, you got to email me, brother. We'll 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 set that up. Well, the book is called The Pretend Christian, and the subtitle is Beyond Traveling Beyond Denomination to the True Jesus, and it is available for pre-order now, and uh, it comes out officially June fifth, I believe it is, and uh, you can pre-order your ebook your uh paperback copy it's not expensive it's 8.95 for the paperback it's not a hard read it's uh, 107 pages so i created it to try to be very relatable very friendly and welcoming to non-believers too and honestly god gave us free will so we could choose what path we want to take and you know it's okay if you're not a non-believer i just hope you give it a, a read and give it a think and uh you know i appreciate everybody no matter where they are in their faith journey i really do right and thank you so much deidre we appreciate you and we're definitely going to have you back and continue doing what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> much love to Lamont. you and, uh, i hope much Corey love and snickers to enjoyed the show <laughs> <laughs> well, much love to you, and God bless you, and you're doing it the way God's tapped you on the shoulder. Uh, I'm a fan, and uh, I appreciate you, too. Thank you so much, Deidre. And for those who joined the show late, you can get it worldwide in the next two minutes, so it's no excuse for you not to hear the show. Ask your mama, ask your daddy, ask the guy across the street to ask the milkman at the gas station down the corner, but they'll know how to hear the show, so please Listen to the show in its entirety, and much love, and see you guys next week, same time, and thank you so much for listening. Be good.